Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. So you haven't had a real, you had a real job from age, what, 18 till? 18 to 20, somewhere in there, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then you haven't had a real job since 20, and you've been running your own side hustle or side business since you were nine. Now, a days, do you miss having a real job? Oh, absolutely not. No, that's, uh, the day I got laid off, uh, you know, it kind of sucked at that time, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad I did and uh, never really looked back after that. The first day, I remember distinctly, August 1st, 1994 was my first day of 100% self-employment, meaning I had shucked my corporate job. I'd always done work on the side, all kinds of stuff when I was a kid. I remember distinctly, I got up without an alarm. Uh, I sat at my desk and wrote down some notes and some ideas and some stuff like that. I went outside, I ran over to the YMCA and worked out, and the whole morning I felt like some sort of a harness had just been taken off of me. I just remember thinking, yeah, I'm unemployed. Well, I'm self-employed. Well, I've got my own business. Well, you know, whatever the hell you call it, I have I have lifted this thing off me. Some people, I just, I, they're not made to be uh, employed. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, you know, there was so many things uh, working the other job that, you know, I couldn't do that I wanted to do or things that would get let go or whatever. Uh, having that time to focus hundred percent on the business was exactly what I needed at that time. All right. What have you done right? And what have you done wrong? 31 years, been working at it since you were nine. Where'd you steer the ship wrong? Uh, wrong. You want to start with that one first? Um, I, uh, a couple years ago, uh, got into a situation, uh, with some lender or a lender, um, that was a pretty big mistake. Um, and paid, paid some consequences on that. Okay. So, uh, a money, money finance issue, uh, with who you chose to get your lending from. Yes. Okay. So in my book, I talk a lot about making sure you're real damn careful about how you get financed. Yeah. And that was, uh, it was somebody that had good rates and, uh, that's where, where it ended. Uh, they did not understand my business, did not want to understand my business and was almost adversarial to it. Okay. And then, and then put you in a rough spot because, uh, what time of bad cash flow, uh, bad cash flow. Uh, and then, you know, with farming, you know, your cash comes in one time a year. So, yeah, so they, they called um, your loan when you didn't have, when you yeah. didn't have income coming in cause it wasn't the fall season. Yep. What'd you do? Right. What have you done? Right. You say, this is the reason I was able to keep this all going until, uh, for the last 10 or 20 years. Well, I mean, I, I've gotten lucky in several places. I'm not sure if, you know, sitting down at 18, if I had it all planned out, um, you know, starting in production agriculture, I started in probably one of the best times that you could, um, 2007 through 2013 is some of the, the best times we've had in farming in a long time, if not forever. Um, so, you know, getting your start there was, was really good timing. Um, but I think as, as far as, um, looking at bigger trends, um, for instance, the organic, um, the connection that people have to their food and that they want to know more about it, uh, being part of that, um, has really helped my business thrive. 
um, and just kind of being able to spot the bigger trends. Timing, 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 and appealing to the trend was the thing you did right. What you did wrong was uh, where you chose to get your money. Um, when you look at other businesses that you do business with, what do they get wrong and what do they get right? Um, a lot of them, I mean, I'm talking about other businesses in production agriculture. Uh, they're stuck in the past way too much. Um, they do things how they've always done it because that's worked. Um, in agriculture, there's a lot of risk, um, just from weather and everything like that. So there's not the, the margin to jump out and try new things. Uh, so a lot of guys get stuck on the rut. Well, it worked last year, so I'm just going to keep doing that. It worked for dad. It worked for grandpa. So this is what we're going to do. What about the businesses you are a customer of? What do they get wrong and right? Um, a lot of them. I'll tell you the one that pisses me off is they make it hard for me to do business with them. It really does. And a lot of, uh, the, some of the salespeople and, and other things like that, uh, they don't fully take the time to understand my business. Mm -hmm. Um, they just kind of have a one size fits all and here, this is what we offer and this is what you need without really taking the time to understand some of the unique things of my business. <clears throat> when, uh, when you say, all right, uh, these are mistakes other businesses make. I look at businesses sometimes and say, all right, I really want to emulate that. I think the ones that strike me are the ones that do look forward and have a vision and say, I'm not worried about competing with the guy down the road or the company across town. I'm looking at what I can do to satisfy tomorrow's need. And that's a plays a little bit to what you're talking about with spotting the trend. The trend moves. What's your next move? My next move uh, and that's it's, a a it's a business. It, it really is. And I, I've thought about that, you know, as the organic becomes more and more accepted in the marketplace. It becomes more mainstream and it then is. it becomes more. It's more commoditized. commoditized. Yep. And there's already a, a push from some of the big, bigger. Uh, Costco. Costco. Yep. And, and as well as some of the big, big ag uh, companies, uh, they're starting to get into organic a little bit. So um, it's, it's good and bad at the same time. It's good because it becomes accept means there's more marketplace for you. The bad part is th that your product becomes less special, which means it loses part of its premium. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're probably here in the next year or two, uh, we're due for a price correction in organic. You know, typically, uh, historically, we're about twice the price of conventional. Right now, we're about three times. So I think uh, we're, we're due for a correction. Uh, playing into my strength, though, organic is not something that you can just jump in and jump out. There is a huge learning curve to it. Um, and I've, I've made the mistakes. I've been there, done that, uh, learned from them, where somebody new jumping in, uh, especially on a large scale, there's a lot of mistakes that could be made uh, that, that might be detrimental. Yeah, so you're going to have to, since you were good about and you think you've done, you've done the thing right about timing, but marketplaces change, but more importantly, trends uh, move, ads move. Uh, your next thing, do you know what it is yet? Um, I don't know. I'm working on more livestock integration. Um, so then you'll have uh, organic meat, and then are you going to be selling that uh, at the roadside stand? Well, I'm actually partnering with, with another farm that uh, they do that exact thing. Uh, so it's, you know, playing to both of our strengths. Um, but I don't know, you, you know, I guess some of that question would assume that organic is a fad. 
And I think it's been in the marketplace long enough that I don't think it's, it's a fad. Not, it's it's not a trend. A, fad. a, a yeah. fad to me is something that kind of comes and goes. A trend is at least a longer term, like 20 to 30 years. And it's that probably for sure because it's already been around. What about getting out of agriculture? What about you look at this thing and say, uh, man, man, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm really good at this. You're business minded. You think about you use words like cash flow, ROI, <laughs> trends, etc. Um, you're far from just being uh, limited to ag. Do you decide I could be in the car wash business? I could be in the whatever business. Oh, I could. And there's a lot of different things I could do, but uh, I guess as they say, farming's in my blood. So unless unless something unforeseen uh, happens, I don't I don't think I'm going to leave the business of ag anytime soon. What about vertical integration? Uh, doing some of that or, or what? Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe you become you're the grower as well as the processor. So maybe you take it to where you're not only growing organic flax, you're also processing flax and bagging flax and then making flax oil. Is that something that you could see yourself doing? Um, possibly, but probably not. Um, that end of it, there's as far as taking the raw commodities to a food type product it's there's a lot to it and just the little bit that i've been around it it doesn't really look like something i'd be interested well, then there's in. also the regulatory environment of that yeah, absolutely and that all would the, be hard all the food safety laws and all that then there's also a, a huge capital requirement absolutely uh, yep. not on the small scale i mean think about your tomatoes compared to uh, uh you know the companies that grow for hunts or heinz but you could probably do it in a smaller scale with smaller capital but it's also going to dilute you yeah. Yep. And that's the thing. I don't want to take my passion and my focus is on growing crops. And I think anything outside of that would, would be a distraction for me. That's hard for all of us. You know, my wife says all the time, she's like, Damon, be careful. You're going to get diluted. You know, you're writing a book and then you went and bought steers and then you also are renovating this property. She's like, for God's sakes, uh, I see how what a mess you are in your mind. So how do you keep from being diluted? You say, I'm just going to only do this. Yeah. I mean, I guess I try to focus on what I'm good at. Um, I try, there's a lot of opportunities, whether it be different crops to grow, uh, different varieties, contracts and things that are offered. I try not to spread myself too thin because I've, I've seen some places, uh, that, that try to do every little opportunity that comes up, you know, they try to, to do it and they don't do anything real well. So I guess I'm, I've kind of got my my core that I like to do and uh, just say focus on that. I'm not saying I'm not open to new opportunities, uh, but it's going to have to be something uh, pretty focused that, that fits within all well, that. Well, remember how this works is that uh, when the marketplace moves beyond you, uh, everybody says, well, why the hell didn't you branch out? And you say, well, because I was, I didn't want to get diluted because there's the guy down the road here that uh, branched out at every new little idea that popped up and was the pro- proverbial jack of all trades and master of none. All right. You've been listening to Andy Ambril, entrepreneurial agriculturalist. Started out as a nine-year-old kid with a pumpkin patch. Then went to tomatoes. Then went to 50 acres of row crop, organically certified food crops. He's now a 14-acre organically certified farmer and business person and entrepreneur. Contemplating his next move. Any more thoughts about your next move? Anything else that when you look out over the horizon that strikes you? What do you think about and like, I might consider that? Um... I, I don't know. Uh, there, there is some, some definite things. 
uh, coming up in ag. It's it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but one good thing about ag is the more it changes, the more it stays the same. Uh, you know, our weather and our climate uh, is good for growing certain crops. So I don't think we're going to be branching off into, you know, bananas or anything like that. Um, but, you know, there are new opportunities. There's a lot of buzz around hemp. Um, I might see some of that uh, once the market stabilizes. That might be a good uh, crop to fit in on the farm. Uh, right now, for me, it's it's way too risky. Um, I'm always looking for more uh, opportunities for different small grains to fit in my rotation um, other than just corn and soybeans. Um, and uh, there's there's a few... Uh, different varieties and things that I'm looking into that. Uh, we had a hemp entrepreneur on this very podcast since you mentioned that, and I find it to be a fascinating business. Uh, you got the fiber side of it. I think you could push that whole angle, but it's got some environmental component to it on the marketing of the fiber. And then there's, of course, the oil. Yep. And uh, I've, I've d- look looking into it. There's a lot of opportunities in, in the oil and the different components of the oil. What about, does it need to be organically certified for the production since you have the certification and you've already gone through it with your land and the time period of, uh, required? Does it get a premium for organically certified? Uh, yep. Yes, there, there is a, a small, uh, it's a small market segment um, as well, but um, that opportunity is there. And, you know, with, with the uh, land already certified. It's something I could jump into where, you know, somebody else would take three years to try to do it. So lots of opportunities out there. Not just in what you're doing, but in everything, there's lots of opportunities for everybody. And, you know, folks think that they're just waiting around to have the entrepreneurial bug hit them like a lightning bolt. And that's where it's going to, they're going to drop an opportunity in their hands. And I always say opportunity knocks, but you know what opportunity doesn't do. It doesn't pound down the door, walk in to your living room, flop down the couch next to your lazy ass and make you a success. It knocks. It (laughs) it doesn't uh, invade. It doesn't home invade. Yep. And that's the thing. It's, it's everything that I've, you know, been given is, is opportunities. So, you know, it's, you've got to have the, uh, the ability to know what, what you want to go after. And if it is something that you want to go after, you got to, uh, do it with the best of your ability. So, all right, Andy Ambriel, agricultural entrepreneur, give us one piece of advice, then one piece of parting knowledge, anything that you think anybody can benefit from, especially if they run their own business. Uh, just work hard and uh, be resilient because um, you you are going to have problems along the way. Um, a lot of uh, people, you know, the first snag, they, they might give up. Um, but there's lots of different ways to do things. So if, if one way doesn't work, just, just keep at it. Um, and I would also, you know, really encourage, uh, people to do something that they're passionate about, uh, because, you know, if, if you're not passionate about your business, uh, chances are, it's probably not going to be a success for you. I always say passion's overrated, but I guess more for me, it was the one thing that really made you go. And for me, it was independence. It was yeah. people, oh, you liked being funny. You were in political comedy and you liked making people laugh. Well, yeah, but you know what I really liked? I liked that I had a level of independence and creativity. And that yeah. was my thing. So whether I called it passion or not, those are the things I really, that really, I guess, made me go. Yep. And that's the thing. Being an entrepreneur isn't for everybody. Um, you know, you definitely have to have that independent spirit. 
um, because there's nobody there to hold your hand and there's nobody that's going to rescue you when you fall. So <laughs> it's all you. <laughs> As my buddy Larry Winger says, uh, the dream of business ownership for a lot of people is a damn nightmare. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, yep. You know, it's not yep. uh, four weeks off. People say, oh, what's your copay? I went and got a flu shot yesterday. What's your copay? I'm like, what? I pay the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, the, 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 I, the pay is, is I pay it all. And uh, the Social Security, the FICA is I pay it all. I pay mine and my employer's share. Uh, the vacation, my wife points out, we haven't been on vacation since 1996. Doesn't mean that we don't enjoy our life. We go to Arizona for the winter and have a home there. But I also am working when yeah, I pay. You don't get two weeks vacation per year. <laughs> no, or four weeks yeah. or paid holidays. Yeah, on yeah. Monday on Columbus Day, people said, oh, I found out the bank was closed today. I'm like, what? the hell's today oh it's one of those made-up holidays <laughs> all right anything else because we're getting ready to split uh we better wrap this one up all right man actually this one uh this one we broke into two all right his name is andy Ambril, and he's uh he's a friend of the show and i'm glad you got to tune in here he's got a lot of interesting ideas good ideas stuff you can use and i know you got something you can use thanks for being here yep thanks for having me Till next time it's the do business better podcast